0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: Crichton is on the line first in Kentucky. Go ahead, Crichton.
2: Yeah, I wanted to call in today because uh, several times this week I was listening to uh, you guys talk about the, the various um, succession movements that are happening in North America. In yeah. Alberta, Canada, and and of course there's the Texas, and then there's New Hampshire exit. Um and it occurred to me that um, this is speaks to a, a, a set of theories that have predicted in the past the collapse, the actual breakup of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And I, I decided to look them up because I knew they existed. And I found four separate um, uh, predictive models that all predict the same thing, roughly the same thing in the next, next decade or so. Got one from Didn't MIT tell. that called the Limits to Growth model. Um, another one from the CIA during the 1990s called the Political Stress model. Mm-hmm. We've got one from uh, Joe Tainer, the Collapse of Complex Societies model from the 80s, and Martin Armstrong's Economic Confidence model. All of these models—they're not really AI, but they're they're predictive models um, based off different uh, political theories. Mm-hmm. That all four of them have predicted that sometime in the next decade, approximately, the United States would break up into somewhere between four and six countries.
0: I mean, sweet. like, Like, yeah, to me, this is music to my ears. Uh, I also have been predicting... And somewhat ironically, because when the United States was set up, they were set up as a federation of what were supposed to be independent countries, right? Uh, the state of Washington was supposed to be its own country. Mm-hmm. The state right. of Wisconsin was supposed to be its, its own country. The state of Oklahoma was supposed to be its own country. the In state a federation. Of
3: This will be comparable to the breakup of the USSR with one major exception. So if instead of just, okay, well, Belarus is its own thing now and Czechoslovakia will be its own thing. And, you know, okay, instead of just that, the Russian Federation itself is made up of a whole bunch of different semi-autonomous regions. Now, when the when the USSR fell, those did not break apart.
0: Whereas. Well, and some of them joined together differently than we would have expected. So it would be kind of like, we've already heard talk of, like, Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, or was it, I'm trying to remember, it was part of Montana trying to take part of Idaho. So different states, but, like, the whole West Coast could, like, unify together and be like Washington, Oregon, California, and that could be one country. That's entirely possible to have happened, but it's just super convenient for these states to already exist and so when the breakup happens, uh, it will just be the decentralization of power into yep. a more local community, which I am all for.
1: Yep, you'll have uh, local tyrants replacing the uh, the national tyrants. But, of course, the local tyrants are already there. So really what you're doing is you're just eliminating the top layer of tyrants, the ones that live hundreds of, or thousands of miles away from you. And the, the ones who mostly tell us what
0: to do.
3: Yeah, that's true. Well, and uh, well, hold on. I mean, you, you sound a little doomy about that. But if you look at just the difference between when the colonies were run by Britain versus when the colonies were run by Washington, that was a huge step forward in
1: terms of freedom. Well, I'm not doomy about it at all. I think it's great news. We've got to get rid of the the faraway tyrants. Local tyrants are easier to uh, to deal with, and we yep. can go stand out in front of their house if we need to, as we've done here. Uh, here in New Hampshire, where we went to the governor's house on many occasions and had multiple protests there. You know, We know where he lives. Yeah. I was there.
4: Pro- yeah. The
2: problem I have with this is that all four of these models also predict a striking drop in, in the uh, the common standard of living of anyone who lives in the United States. Well, that's already happening
1: that thanks to of. inflation. Well,
3: yeah. you you have to look at who these models come from. And what they benefit from is making sure that you don't believe that your standard of living will go up from having independence.
0: I just read a thing in one of the uh, social media well, chats for hang on for for people who are trying to move to New Hampshire for the mm-hmm. free state or, or the bigger liberty movement. And it's a it's a couple. Uh, they have between two of them they have three jobs. So one of them has a full time job, the other has two jobs, mm-hmm. uh, one full and one part time, and they're concerned about whether or not they can afford rent in New Hampshire.
2: My point about this is, is, if we understand these predictive models as they are, we can use them to prepare better our own communities and societies for this eventuality. But not just that. They also predict that whichever state leaves first gets a first-mover advantage.
1: Yes, they do. Um, Describe that. What do you mean?
2: Um, well, the, the idea being is, is that if, if – that uh, the United States as a whole will decline, but they'll decline like crabs in the bucket. You know, uh, If you're the crab that can get out of the bucket first, mm-hmm. then you will have the, the least amount of decline of your society because the, the United States is predicted. The federal government and the state will feed on one another as as things get worse.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So basically you get out from underneath the federal controls, you get out from underneath the federal taxation, the federal regulations, and you instantly, and I, you, you talked, you touched on this earlier, mm. Peaceless, you increase your standard of living. You increase, you increase your wealth because you're not sending it to a bunch of bureaucrats in Washington DC to piss away on things like blowing up people in the Middle East and imprisoning peaceful people all across the country. And believe it or not, this is
0: actually a market mechanism. That we're talking about first mover advantage is a market yeah. mechanism yeah. uh i've worked in tech companies for as long as i can remember and anytime that there's a new technology that helps your business be like more resilient more efficient more secure whatever it is whoever adopts that technology first has what they call first mover advantage right you now right. so think about mm, email Mm -hmm. The first companies to adopt email saw an increase in efficiency and communication, the likes at which never had been known before in all of mankind. And they were the first to adopt it. So they realized the benefits of using electronic communication first before anybody else did. So thus, they gained the market advantage of the first mover.
3: And then they could demolish their competition in that particular niche. Right.
0: So if states become, which I hope they do, competitive entities. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, You want to attract the the best quality of people to your state. How do you do that? Well, you gain first mover advantage by adopting technology. You have some sort of criteria for what it takes to sort of become a citizen of your state, quote unquote, whatever that is. But as much of the first mover advantage as you can gain will put you that far ahead of the rest of the pack. So he's absolutely correct, the caller, in saying that whoever goes first – Maybe even second, third, and fourth big. is going to have the
1: first mover advantage it's over also every the, other state. The, on the, you know, it's also the scariest to, to go first, right? Like most that's, risk. That's what holds people back from it's like independence. It's like buying Bitcoin at 10 bucks. Sure. Yeah, uh, it, that's what holds a lot of people back from independence is the fear yeah. of the unknown. We've got a gentleman on the line here who uh, said he apparently is doesn't even know where he's calling. Somebody gave him the phone number and said... You should call these guys, as I understand it, and Joel, and,
0: and he said he did his own research, and he was attempting to connect a, a bunch of things together.:
1: Yeah, he, I guess he said something about the uh, Bible verse and uh, it had to, something to do with Barack Obama and also Michael Jordan. was it? Uh, Joel, you're going to have to try to make yeah. sense of this for us here because uh, we're, we're all pretty lost on what you're saying.
5: Okay. But you guys cut me off pretty quick there. I appreciate your time. I really appreciate your time. So if I could just elaborate a little more, um, it's false idol, golden bull worship, like the Chicago Bulls, the windy city, the prince of the power of the air, Jordan. Um, people aren't in the inner cities killing, killing other people over Tom Brady's shoes. It's Jordan, the goat, like the goat headed Baphomet statue.
6: Um,
5: so, Are you saying Jordan Michael Ford. Jordan
1: is – you're likening Michael Jordan not to Baphomet? Saying,
5: I'm not saying he's Satan. He, he He's pointing people towards Satan because it's false idol worship.
0: It could be construed yeah. that you know at least the it, bulls it or it, the Michael Jordan shoes or Michael Jordan himself it, could be a false idol. The, I, the I'm of curious
5: – The golden bull of Wall Street. Right. I'm curious if okay, the caller
0: so, would also equate a president to a false idol.
5: Uh Yes, like Obama. He's from Chicago. He's a golden bull, the Bible. I won't go into that part of buy bowls, if you get what mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, Jordan born five. Now, just listen to this. If you guys give me two minutes here, this might blow your mind. It's not just connecting random things. Jordan born 5,666 days before Kobe on Jordan's first finals game against Black Magic, because that's what this is, is Black Magic. Kobe was 4,666 days old. Right, on I'll, I'll, the hold, on, hold, hold on, hold on. No,
3: no, we can't let no. you go for two minutes Stop. like this, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, no, hold minute. on, Joel. Joel, here's what we need to do. Yes. If you're gonna step us through this, then we have to go one step at a time. Okay. No, 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 like rant, and then we'll come back to it. No, we need one step at a time. Perfect. So, first off, black magic.
5: What now? Okay. So, in the swamp. Remember Drain the Swamp? I do. That's what they did when they built the Magic Kingdom. Magic announced that he had a Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow, perfectly... slow, slow,
3: slow okay. down. Okay. So it sounds okay. to me like what you're saying is they drained the swamp in Florida in order to build uh, uh, Disney, Disney World. World, which is referred yes. to as the Magic Kingdom.
4: Yes. Okay. okay.
7: And now, Magic...
3: Now, hold on, hold on. Let's back up one more step here. Now, what what was your you were saying the Bulls were uh playing against the Black
1: Magic?
5: Against Magic Johnson.
1: Captain, let's jump into your story that we sort of teased a little bit earlier tonight. It's a Which one? Out of Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Where you've got a senator and hopefully he's got some support so, as well for this. What's he what's he doing?
0: This is an actual press release from OKSenate.gov. That's the letter O, letter K, Senate.gov. Okay. Press release dated December 20th, 2022, 1239 p.m. Senator Dom files resolution to amend Constitution and declare Oklahoma a sovereign state. Oklahoma City. Senator Nathan Dom, Republican Broken Arrow which I believe is his vicinity that he's the Republican Mm -hmm. over, has filed Senate Joint Resolution 2, proposing an amendment to Section 1, Article 1, of the Oklahoma Constitution, if passed by the legislature, the proposed amendment would be put to a vote of the people in the next election. Quote, For far too long, the federal government has trampled on state sovereignty, Dom said. This proposal is an attempt to restore balance between the state and the feds. The proposed amendment is as follows. The state of Oklahoma is a sovereign state, a part of the federal union known as the United States of America. And the Constitution of the United States is the supreme law of the land, and any laws to the contrary are null, void, and of no effect in this state. That's the end of it. Well, there's one more paragraph. This new language reiterates that the states are not subservient to the federal government. But that's what people would
1: be voting on. That's the language, the actual. If it were to appear on the ballot, that's what people in in Oklahoma would vote on. Correct.
0: Can you repeat that for me? I can. The proposed amendment is as follows. The state of Oklahoma is a sovereign state, a part of the federal union known as the United States of America. And the Constitution of the United States is the supreme law of the land, and any laws to the contrary are null, void, and of no effect in this state. I think this that could makes pass. no
3: sense to me. How does that make okay, no sense? Okay, so if it is sovereign, mm-hmm. that means that there's nothing above it. Like that's literally mm-hmm. the definition of sovereign. But so you it's are sovereign, you are simultaneously- but it has
0: joined in a union known as the United States of America. Oh, okay. Who have all agreed that the Constitution of the United States is the supreme law of the land. On one hand, I really enjoy the fact that there are these already divided geographic areas that likely, just by sheer will of force, right? I don't know if you've ever willed yourself into a situation, right? Sometimes there's like, you know, I really want to go to this concert, but it's all sold out. And if you just show up, like somebody will be like, hey, man, you want to buy a ticket? And you're like, sure. oh, I can't yeah. believe it, right? You know, and I got so lucky I got a ticket, right? You can just will yourself into a situation. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. A state that really wants to be sovereign can just kind of will itself into that situation. Absolutely. Right? If you just start acting like it and behaving like it and you're saying no here and there and that kind of a thing, I'm I'm pretty sure that can happen now. You have once, to believe that it's possible and then it is possible. Right. Yeah. Well, you have to behave as if it's possible, yeah. as if it already is, and then it is. Yeah. That's and then true. other people are like, oh, they can do that? Oh, we can do that? Yeah. And so that's Tricking kind of up. what I see this bit about Oklahoma. Like, we've heard about yeah, uh, what's the 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 we exit the the Canadian bit mm. recently? Wexit. Wexit. Yeah, uh, we've heard about uh, what was the the European one? Brexit. Brexit, right? Uh, we've heard about Texit. Yeah, we've heard about NH exit here locally, New Hampshire right. exit, right? We've heard of all these Cal exit, Cal exit, California trying to like you know maybe do a thing where they exit. So all I'm saying is that this is a sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. This is not only a, a good idea but it's an idea that's we're seeing repeated from region to region to region to
1: region now there has to be a reason for that right, right? yeah well, it's a zeitgeist i think to some extent the spirit of the times there's a lot of talk about national divorce and i find myself wondering if this senator in oklahoma was influenced at all by what happened earlier this year in new hampshire with the uh the new hampshire exit amendment which was also a proposal for a constitutional amendment right now i'm curious to know what the requirements are in oklahoma so here in new hampshire you have to get 60 percent of the uh, or just over 60 percent i guess of the uh, the state house and the state senate to vote for the thing in order to get it onto the ballot and then it has to receive 67 roughly percent of the vote so two-thirds of the vote in order for it to pass uh, and then become an actual constitutional amendment so i'm wondering if they've got a different level of you know what is it required to actually make this thing move forward the fact that it's coming from a state senator is uh, certainly a bigger deal i just did a yeah. little digging on the bill here uh senate joint yeah, resolution two. Put uh, forth by Senator Dom D A H M, and it doesn't seem like there's a bunch of co-sponsors at least or yet. Damn, could if be. If you want to mispronounce his name. Uh damn. But the point I'm, uh the point here is, it doesn't seem like there's like a list of people that are backing this at this point. So this is real early on in this bill's lifetime. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it, things develop. It reminds me exactly
0: of the one that was submitted here at New Hampshire mm-hmm. with the the language for like, hey, this is what it would sound like if this goes to a vote, you know, and then it didn't.
1: Well, the difference being that the New Hampshire one would have actually declared peaceful independence from the United States. Yeah. And this one's just a statement of principle, basically, to say that, you know, we in, New- in, in
3: Oklahoma way, are a, an
1: independent state. In a way, it's a declaration of independence, which I think. It is, that kind
3: of. It's a light version of I it. It's a think. declaration of sovereignty, but not independence. Mm, okay. All right.
0: Uh, but I also think that individuals should take it upon themselves to declare themselves
3: independent. I think so, too. Well, and, and that's, and that's I think, what this really comes down to. Because if you believe that the state is above the federal government, okay, well, where does that power come from? And naturally, that power comes from the individuals. And that's the real unit of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. If, on the other hand, you believe that the, the nation is above the states, well, then it just makes sense that we should all bow down before the United Nations.
0: Well, if you believe that... Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, the federal government is above the state government, is above the county government, is above the local city government, is above the town government. You're wrong because it's actually the reverse of that Right? if you're a freedom-minded individual. And that is to say that, that being the individual
1: is the highest form of sovereignty you can achieve indeed uh and in order to declare oneself uh sovereign or declare oneself independent there is the shire society declaration which anyone can go and sign just go to shire com. uh you're pointing captain to a, a very nice physical original copy of the shire society. nice frame too uh yeah, I forget who did that one. I think it was Kurt Hoffman actually that, cool. that hooked us up with that back in the day. But that is the original. That was uh, one of two uh, Shark Society declarations, full size. that was signed at the Porcupine Freedom Festival in 2010. It's got way more <laughs> signatures on it than the Constitution ever thought it had. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Yeah, and there's a whole other one too. So there's a second one that also has uh, is full of signatures. So it's a personal declaration of independence. You can read it. It's fairly short. It's fairly simple to uh to get through. And uh, if you like it, then you I, can sign it. I love this because it's to me it's, it's an extension of what I
0: like to
3: preach, which is be the captain of yourself. Indeed.
0: Mhm.
3: Well, and one difference that this has uh from the uh the Constitution of the United States is this is actually a valid document.
1: David is on the line in Georgia listening online. Go ahead, David.
2: Hello. And um Happy New Year to everybody there in the studio. Thank you.
1: Welcome, sir. What's what's on your mind tonight?
2: Oh, um, I just was listening to some back episodes of the show, and I've gotten back through December 20th and the the Crypto 6 trial. And I'm just uh, calling to say I wish you all the best on your appeal. Um, I'm certain you'll win because the government are slime balls, and we all know it.
1: Well, I mean that's the argument for why I won't win, but uh, you know, hopefully well, the hopefully the judges are a little bit more honest uh, at the appeals court than the the jury was which was just completely snookered by the uh, the prosecution unfortunately in this case. The jury was just
2: Well, that ho- that whole trying to pressure the the jury, oh, we'll get you we'll get you out of here by Christmas. That's ridiculous. Agreed. The jury should take as much time as they need to to make a proper decision and look at all the facts on a case.
3: Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that unfairly biased them. And yeah.
2: uh, also, I was uh, I was just listening to your thing um, with the whole Odyssey thing. Uh, have you guys ever heard of PeerTube? It's uh, similar to Mastodon, yes. but it's for video hosting instead of um, PeerTube
0: with a P, right?
1: Yeah, PeerTube. actually, we installed that. I think it was right before the raid happened. A few months before we were raided in twenty twenty one. Uh, My guy at the time, tech guy, who unfortunately has passed away, Michael Hampton, did install a copy of PeerTube for us, and we did experiment with it. For listeners that aren't familiar, the, the idea behind PeerTube is it's kind of like a decentralized video streaming platform, basically, wherein, let's say you've got a live stream going on, it would actually... Uh, mean that the people who are watching the stream would also be streaming the stream, sort of like, you know, torrents. When you download a full torrent, you're streaming the, the, right. the torrent, or you're uh, you're seeding the torrent. This would be a little different in that it's live video. So if you connect to this peer tube, you are literally watching video that is streamed by your peers rather than essentially Right, so if your little counter at the bottom of the video says, 20 people are watching, 20 people are also broadcasting. Correct. That's cool. as I understood it. It was a little janky. Uh my assessment of it at the time was that it wasn't quite ready for prime time. It was a little buggy, uh, but it's been a couple of years. I haven't had a chance to to try it since then. So, yes, the answer is yes, David. Although I also like the concept of beer tube. This is where you
0: just <laughs> put a thing in your, you know, it's connected to the Internet. And it just serves you
2: beer all the time. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> you, could pay a, you could pay Monero at a vending machine for your beers. <laughs> That'd be great.
0: I remember being in an old school FTL like chat where it was just on the mm-hmm. website and you just signed in as like yeah, whatever. I remember that. And uh, I remember making fun of like uh, all it was like Bitcoin early era and then all of a sudden there were these like like Litecoin was coming out yep. and like another kind of thing and I'm like oh next thing you know there'll be and I can't say it on the air but it's the the T word with IT after it yep. coin. And then next thing you know, that coin actually showed, like somebody invented it. (laughs) Of course. right? I remember posting it in the old FTL chat, going, next thing you know, somebody will invent this coin. And then like, I don't know, a year later, like, hey, check it out. It's this
3: coin. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Ah, the one that is uh, named after the little
1: bird? Yes, that's the one. Potcoin is currently the 2718th ranked cryptocurrency. What about Manuro? Not Monero, but
0: M-A-N-E-U... Whatever, however you spell Manero.
1: Potcoin has uh, a, a total 24-hour trading volume of $49.32. So if that thing has gone nowhere and is a total loser. It's, it's totally but, gone to pot. Yeah. <laughs> and I suspect it's not the only one either. It's like, yeah, I agree with Peakless here that these coins have to have a bigger vision than just you know one product okay. or something like that. We don't need a zillion cryptocurrencies. Yeah, but we're going
0: to get a zillion of them until one of them breaks apart, one of them incorporates all... Of the features in one coin.
3: Well, I mean, it's... I've heard of one
0: coin, and that was a really bad plan. Not one coin, but, like,
3: all of the features combined into a singular coin. So I disagree completely. I think that uh, all of those useful features should be built in the layer two. Like, on on the base layer, all we need is certainty. You want extra features? Build it on top. Well, I'm of the opinion that any
0: new feature invented for any actual cryptocurrency coin not tokens i'm not talking about ethereum tokens i'm talking about a legit cryptocurrency any feature invented on any of the cryptocurrencies because they're all literally a fork of bitcoin not all of them okay. Monero is but, not
3: but they're conceptually uh, but what i'm saying fork, is like the code can they're, be they're based it's kind of like
0: it's kind of like getting excel to run on uh, apple right on a mac system it can be done right and so what i'm saying is that all of the features can be implemented on every coin
1: go ahead tj
8: it's always good to be on with you ian and i want to let you know um there's a tradition that my mom who's from the backwoods of tennessee she always swears by it but on new year's eve you're supposed to eat black-eyed peas with salt pork and it brings good luck for the new year so i'm continuing that tradition and I am wishing that the First Circuit Court of Appeals takes up your case in 2023 and, mm. or 2024, and that you get to remain out on bail. Um, you know, I don't know. That would be an interesting. Ar- I'm trying to figure out like what to say to Judge Leplant in my letter, because I don't know him very well other than what I saw of him in court and a few Zoom call hearings. But, Judge um, Leplant isn't
0: that uh, French for the plant?
8: You, you know, I don't know. His name's Joseph, Joseph LaPlante, and so.
3: Pretty sure you're right.
0: I, I, I looked up his wiki. He's a he's a sporty kind of guy. Oh, okay. He's a, a, uh, he's a uh, what do you call it, a referee for boxing matches, and he's also like a wrestling coach. Hmm.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'll give the guy some credit. I felt like he played things pretty fair in this particular hearing. I felt like uh, he was acting, like in retrospect, I'm like, that guy's an actor. Well, I don't know, but uh, I mean, if you compare what happened to, say, uh, Ross Ulbricht, who was basically railroaded by the federal system, wasn't even allowed to put on a defense. Uh, we were, uh, you know, allowed to put on a defense. We never, were never, and we were photographed and they're all that way. And- Every single federal court is the same way. So that's just a federal court's problem. It's not this one one judge's problem, but they're all uh, one way, corrupt. Well, in this case, yes. he could have been a lot worse, uh, and he wasn't, you know, to to the guy's credit uh, when it came to the, when,
3: I was talking about the courts, not the When judgments.
1: you're evaluating tyrants, he was probably, you know, on the bottom 20% of as tyrannical as he could be. Yeah, I mean, the objections in the case went our way as often as they a did tyrant the uh, Nonetheless. Yeah, the other the other side's way, uh the objections went both ways, like he will, he wasn't playing towards the prosecution any more than he was playing towards uh, the- I got to disagree. I think
0: he was giving suggestions to the uh, the offense yeah, I still throughout think he- the trial. I'm, I'm kind of with Bonnie on that particular item yeah, that, that think- he was suggesting that the uh, prosecution do things in a certain way rather than. And he never gave any such suggestions to you or your team.
8: You know, I sent my Christmas gift to Ross in prison by a wire transfer. So he has, you know, some spending pocket money to spend on ramen noodles and things.
1: You're referring to Ross Ulbricht, who is the founder of the Silk Road, the world's first underground uh, marketplace that they uh, punished him really harshly for uh, to the tune of two life sentences plus 40 years. And as I mentioned, didn't even allow him to put on a defense uh, in his trial. It was an incredibly corrupt For the crimes of?
0: Creating a, a website,
1: website, yeah, that did more
0: to make drug exchanges safer than any government institution on the face of the planet in all of history.
8: Yeah, yeah thank and you. It saved my life, you know. So I mean, it's mm. one of those things that uh, I'm very grateful for what Ross did, and um, you know, I I write him every chance I get, you know, every few months, just to remind him that he's still loved and wanted out on the outside. Word.
1: Thank you, TJ, uh, for calling and sharing your thoughts tonight. Definitely appreciate it. And we will, by the way, be uh, posting something. I think Mark's writing something up regarding people writing to uh, letters to the judge. Uh, in this case, you generally do not want to spend time excoriating the system or how corrupt or awful it is. That's not going to uh, to help. Uh, it's not going to be something that, you know, the judge needs to see. It won't uh, right. want to assist him in making the decision. The letter should be focusing on my value as uh, to the community, my value outside of a jail cell instead of inside, uh, how I've helped people, that kind of thing. That's one the of the, the most undersold
0: things that I think
1: uh, like I know you're not you're not a guy
0: that goes around bragging about yourself. But I think that's one of your most undersold uh, things that, that about you is that. Your willingness and ability to help anyone without asking for anything in exchange. That, to me, is one of the most undersold things about Ian Freeman that exists.
1: Well, that would be something you would want to put in in a letter like that. So, uh, and we're going to, I don't know if it's the crypto6.com is going to post it or where it's going to end up. We'll put it at freetalklive.com or something like that. It it doesn't exist yet, but that will be coming within the the next few weeks, I would guess. Uh, And we will need to have them ideally in, like, physical form, so we'll put a mailing address out there for people to, you know, actually have an actual printed, signed, original version. That way they're, you know, legit. What are they exactly alleging was Chase Banks' involvement? They're saying they turned a blind eye, Mm -hmm. so I presume that means that Epstein was... Winking a nod making yeah was making some sort of deposits in this bank that were suspicious but because he was a good customer they didn't question it i'm just
3: assuming Um, i don't know no that's absolutely right Uh, let's see here so uh uh, it, it alleges that uh, that J.P. Morgan failed to report Epstein's suspicious activities and provided the financier with services reserved for high-wealth clients until after his 2008 conviction for soliciting a minor for prostitution. So Was and, he not a high-wealth client? I mean, um, he's not poor if he owns a couple of islands. Good question there. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, like... As far as like, is this civil or criminal? Kind of doesn't matter because if you get enough, uh, enough fines, then you go out of business. And I would love for this to take down J.P. Morgan. This Chase. is a trillion dollar bank. That would bank, be fantastic. Though. I mean, they're huge. And frankly, even that is kind of an okay. Can we get the client list? Because that would be client fantastic, list? yeah. Right, because be that's the thing about this. None of this is ever coming to light because no one wants to go after. Jelaine Maxwell has been convicted of uh, trafficking to question mark. Right, exactly, and they they keep suppressing that, saying, "Oh, well, she she couldn't get a fair trial. Like, if how were can to release? It. How it's can like, you okay, convict somebody? Over.
0: How can you convict somebody of human trafficking to question mark? Right, right. There has to be an end point for you to deliver said human traffic to, otherwise you're just on like you know you're on like the bypass, going in circles. Well, the, that's
3: not really human trafficking. That's human like you know musical chairs. That's a carousel. That's uh, a carousel. Yes, thank you. So uh, the way that they did that one, as far as I know, was they were saying, well, if it came out who she was trafficking trafficking these people to, then. Th- we couldn't get a fair trial which just oh wh- wow so if we I'm, knew, I'm convinced
0: that there is no such thing as a fair trial in the government justice system
3: well it occurs to
0: me that no one actually wants a fair trial who's conducting it oh, well yeah and i mean we've talked about the conflict of interest that's inherent in the system the judge prosecution the cops the fbi you know whoever they all draw their check from the same place mm-hmm. right so and that in any other context would certainly be a conflict of interest and the fact that that's allowed to happen mm-hmm. is should be enough to tell every man woman and child on planet earth that it is not a fair system it is not a system of justice
1: go ahead jet
6: okay well you know i've been looking at those first amendment auditors lately yeah spent, spent a lot of time learning how to defend myself against all the various attacks of government workers and police and that kind of thing. Yep. But, but what's gotten to me is just a more and more, an overwhelming sense that uh, there is, there's no doubting, no denying that we're living in a complete police state.
1: Mm-hmm. No and
6: doubt. There could there be no Amen freedom, liberty or justice while men with higher guns make the rules. Uh, the, the first thing I want to point out is uh, these so-called laws we have are just the opinions of a very small group of people mm-hmm. who employ their hired guns to make you bow to their will. And and that group of people, I have to remind everyone, it's a very small group, I mean, compared to all that exist even within this country alone. Yeah. But there are literally armies of violent men with guns allowing the overloads to rule. Some of them call themselves police. Some call themselves sheriffs, ATF, FBI, DHS, IRS, NSA, OSI, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just. Don't a forget the Department enduring... of
3: Education. It has its own SWAT <laughs> oh, yeah.
6: team. Postal oh, yeah, Service. I'm, I'm sure environment, environment, too. What is that one? Anyway, the. EPA. Environment people have men with guns. Yeah. Yeah, EPA.
1: If it's a federal agency, they generally have a police d- uh, division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
3: yeah, one and of it, the things I'd like to point out here is so there are. Uh, uh, There's sort of a a, a never-ending debate in the libertarian world between uh, minarchism and voluntarism. So uh, there's Define, the, please. Right. So there's voluntarism. That is the belief that 100 percent of associations should be voluntary. And then there's minarchism, which is uh, the idea that you can have a small state that only handles things like uh, policing, defense, uh, uh, protection of private property, things like that, instead of managing absolutely everything. And well, the, the problem with that. It's not the Constitution that was the solution. It was that the culture of the people at the time were such that we knew, for example, what a militia was. And a militia was not an army.
6: Well, I was about to launch myself uh, into a a rant because this continual police state just kind of, uh, when I see it, when I experience it, it it just kind of, grinds me mm. uh, to my core, yeah. and um, I, I just need to help other people understand that these are just other humans. These are just other people who do this, who right. have no more rights than you or I, but they get together with, uh, they gather these gangs of guns and uh, to make you actually bow to their will. Not well, they, might, to,
3: they might not have any more rights than us, but they sure do have more power than us. Yeah, it, convincing
0: them is the most difficult part. Like the police or the supporters of the police? Uh, the police themselves, mm-hmm. right? Anybody who's employed by the state. Yeah, they have a financial them, incentive. Yeah, convincing them that what they do is not only, like, immoral, uh, distasteful, unethical, right, funded by violence, etc. Cetera, et cetera, That is the most difficult thing. Somebody who's a degree removed, you know, maybe they're a contractor and their biggest contract is for the state. Like, they're easier to convince of the state's
3: evil, then it is somebody who's employed by the organization itself. Well, if your paycheck depends on you being convinced of a particular idea, you will be convinced of that Mm -hmm. idea. Their paycheck depends on them believing that they have superior powers to all others. So until we're the ones paying them, they're not going to get convinced.
6: What I'm getting at, is this power you're speaking of is a sorcery. It's magic. It's yep. a oh, fantasy. That's not the power it's, I'm
3: speaking of. I'm talking about their ability to kill people. Well, right, but it they exists. Have drones, I don't. It exists as a, uh, a Jedi mind trick,
0: right? You believe well, yeah, in the power well, of been, the states and that because an we have uniforms, we can kill people and it's okay.
3: No, I yeah, have it, evidence of their
6: drones. If so-called legislators... Who do they think they are? Didn't have hired guns available to them. People might ignore their edicts. If so-called presidents, governors, didn't have men with guns at their dispatch, their edicts would have no power so-called judges. Mm -hmm. I call them sorcerers in magic black dresses. Who do they think they are? If they didn't have their hired guns standing next to them, people could ignore their decrees. All this oppression and tyranny exists because men with guns follow the orders of despots and tyrants. Who are just other people who literally have no more rights than you or I. I want to see this change in the new year. I want to see more people just speaking out and saying, no, no, thank you. You have no right. Go away.
3: Well, I think there's three great powers. There's the carrot, the stick, and the worship. So the carrot, they have the money. Now that's people's choice. But the people so far continue to decide every day to provide their goods, their services, their time. Which time is the one thing you can never get back. Their attention, their Mm -hmm. focus, their energy, their heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears. They trade it for what? For U.S. dollars.
1: Not for gold, not for Bitcoin, for U.S. dollars. Sarah, people were asking about you. To, or at least one guy was asking about you tonight. He sent his uh, his best wishes for the new year and was wondering when we would hear from you.
9: Oh, Ruby, am I a star of the show here? Do I got a fan club? <laughs>
1: you may very well. Please. Oh, how are you ringing in the new year tonight, Sarah? What, what's your plan? You doing uh, shots of Jack Daniels? You popping champagne with those traffic um, cameras? Just we
9: just, I just had some chipotle burrito.
0: Doing fat Saturdays. lines of cocaine. What?
9: No, I don't do any of that. I just do. Um, I just had some dinner.
0: Not like since the incident,
4: right?
9: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't do nothing. These holiday stuff, I don't really too do too much. It's mm-hmm. too much stress, so I'm just gonna just
1: just taking it easy.
9: Stay, just okay. stay inside and just celebrate with them.
4: There you go.
9: But uh, hey, but I I really called in about is Tide getting sued? I was told Tide the. So, yeah, the yeah, all these um, yeah, because 'cause they're getting sued for having formaldehyde and phosphorus, all these toxic chemicals, and so the whole thing. I, I was well, you know, you're not food.
1: supposed to eat the, the stuff, right? Or are you saying that somehow those chemicals getting on your clothing could be bad for you?
9: Right, right. I don't, I don't know who's suing because if you if it, if you know that it's harmful, you don't have to buy it. You can mm, buy natural true. products if you choose to. So that I have no idea why they're suing. It, it's just that that I think several of these companies. But that's that's my common sense to me, right? If you but, but what they're saying is they're making it laying around for people that are ignorant and kind of they're playing on the people that don't know any better and they just buy all this stuff. And they're just uh, kind of, um, is that is that why they're having the, having the lawsuit? I, I just don't understand that. Well,
1: maybe the, you're, the, uh, I mean, just looking quickly here at the, you know, the Internet for Tide and lawsuits. There is the story about the Tide Pods, the, the whole situation right. a couple right. of years ago with the teenagers or whoever it was that was eating Tide Pods or something like that online as some ridiculous new Tide challenge. Tide Pod
3: challenge. Yeah,
1: and it, you know. It'll also kill you. Also known
3: as a lethal IQ test. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, so apparently Bye. some of the parents have sued Tide over that, or Procter & Gamble, in uh, in this case, the owner of Tide. How so... dare
3: you make a product that
7: fits in my mouth and is not supposed <laughs> to be eaten?
1: Pedreg is on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Pedreg.
7: Yes, I just wanted to say wish you guys a, a happy new year. Happy you new too. I you guys a happy new year. And I just wanted to say if people would read Hebrews... Uh, Thirteen, one, two, three, and the people that are incarcerated. uh, Just reach out to them because they have nobody. That make any sense to you? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, uh, there's plenty of people that Definitely. are behind bars who do not deserve to be there. We talked about Ross Ulbricht earlier tonight. If you need to pick someone, that's a good one to pick. Like you know, you don't necessarily know who to write to right off the bat unless you know. And right. so there's a good suggestion for you. You can visit freeross.org. You can find the uh, details you need to write him a letter there, and uh, and other you know donation options and how you can help get him out. Plus, possibly by getting a presidential commutation. Or pardon from the president. Unfortunately, that's the only way he's likely going to get out uh, at this point. But freeross.org, you can certainly write to him. What's that?
7: I doubt Joe Biden is going to do much. But anyway. Oh, yeah. I doubt it as well. But I'm going to try. Thank you for serving. Thank you for serving what? Serving what? Thank you. Thanks to my brothers and sisters in the military who are overseas tonight. That are keeping a safe out.
3: No, they're not. No, they're not. No, that's that's propaganda. And I'm sorry for your service. You're you're being sacrificed as human sacrifices.
7: You are, you are absolutely correct. I gotta I gotta say that you're absolutely one hundred percent correct.
1: I hope I will send the best wishes to those people that they can leave that service and find a productive line of work where they're not putting their lives on the line for the benefit and And glorification of politicians. The lowest form of order. If
0: they really want to defend the people of the United States against evil, uh, they're welcome to do so. I implore them to do so, Uh, but they're just not going to do it when they're employed by that organization.
3: Indeed, it's fundamental to civilization. That you treat a stranger with rights, with dignity,
1: because you don't know who they are. Well, and also, it could be you. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, we're all, to reference the first one, brothers to some extent. We're all uh, connected to this thing, this universe, this uh, the planet or whatever. That, that karma. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could be you walking the streets someday, and then you might really be grateful for somebody to take you in. Uh, it reminds me of a book I read by uh, Peace Pilgrim. I think that's actually the name of the book, Peace Pilgrim. Really interesting book about a lady that was, I think it was in the 1950s. She uh, was a Quaker. I'm sure she's passed by now, but uh, she was a Quaker, and she wanted to spread her beliefs. And so what she did was she decided she was going to just walk. You know, kind of like how Forrest Gump ran across the country. Mm-hmm. Well, she walked across the country. Except it's not fiction; it's a real story. And back in the at this time, like this was a particularly noteworthy thing. It was uh, getting a lot of sort of viral spread at the time. You know, a lot of news uh, stations, yeah. uh, radio stations, news papers were writing articles about this lady who was walking from one point in the country to another and she's coming through this town so let's let's bring her into the radio station and interview her and talk about her Mm -hmm. people were stopping on the road to you know give her sandwiches and things like that and uh, she was trending the interesting thing was (laughs) she started this with uh she would just wear a tunic and it had like two pockets in the pockets she on one pocket she had a toothbrush And in the other pocket, she had her pamphlets. So she had like a pamphlet about peace, uh, about her beliefs. And then that was all she had. And she walked across the country, I believe, multiple times. So it wasn't just from one coast to another. It was like one coast and then back again and then like back again or something. I have so many questions. It's an interesting book. Now, and the,
3: that is a Christ-like activity right there.
1: Well, and the interesting takeaway was she was so, you know, she's living simply, right? That's a Quaker thing yep. is to live simply and to, you know, not have like some crazy ornate church with ridiculous uh, steeples and right, gold right. or whatever. Just keep it simple. And so she's living simply and she did not ever have to provide any sort of place for it. She never had to pay for a room. She didn't have any money, right? Like she didn't have to pay for a room to stay in. Right. She was given that every single night for the entirety of her walk across the country there was only like one night where she had to sleep under a bridge or something yeah. like that and every other night somebody it invited just, her into some stranger invited her into their home fed her and gave her a place to I, sleep for the night I have so many questions and this shouldn't be my first question but
0: she didn't even carry like a Spare pair of underwear? <laughs> like Well, I mean, like, apparently not. Like, because that to me would be rather important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As, as the captain, like I'm, if I'm carrying something besides the toothbrush before <laughs> my pamphlets, it's gonna be a change of drawers.
1: Yeah, I don't know how she showered. I mean, she presumably she showered. She at the could homes, probably but, shower, probably but, launder her yeah. clothing. Maybe she borrowed a, a like... nightgown or something from the place where she launched I don't know. i they, they, She didn't get into that detail. Alan, listening in Klamath Falls, Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live, Alan.
10: Okay, great. Um, you know, you were talking about how uh, Peace Pilgrim had um, had a lot of help, but uh, and and people would uh, take care of her, but that didn't happen until uh, she had been doing this for decades, um, and she had gained some fame and kind of a network of people who were looking out for her. But at the at the beginning, she uh, had uh, very difficult times. I remember. I read a book about her that I just came upon by accident, and uh, hmm. uh, she spent uh, uh, nights just out in the open. Uh, I remember one one time that uh, was particularly bad was the only place, the best place she could find to sleep was uh, during a terrible storm. Uh, she slept on uh, the bare concrete floor of an abandoned um Gas station bathroom, hmm. and I mean, uh, imagine doing that uh, all by yourself <clears throat> in this uh, terrible weather. Um, and uh, another time, um, uh, she met uh, there was this woman who was I, I don't I don't remember the details, but there was a, a man who was just drunk with booze, drugs, and evil, and he was he was going to attack her. And uh, and she faced him down, and uh, he, he collapsed, and he became uh, just tearful and apologetic. Uh, well,
1: that was one of the other aspects of her book that was particularly interesting, was that she was a pacifist. Mm-hmm. And I oh, mean yeah. a, a real pacifist. A like Gandhi-style pacifist. Like, yeah, like so, she, yeah. you could attack yeah. her, and she would just take it.